0: We're looking at the book of Haggai, and this is a minor prophet book in the Bible. Minor prophets are the short books in the Old Testament, and God gives some major lessons to us. And so, these prophets, uh, their messages are relevant to us. They are extremely relevant. The heart of the prophet's message really connects with our current circumstances, like it's from the morning news. I mean, this stuff is is very real and. So today we're going to look at a book called uh, Haggai, and the prophet Haggai, he he played a significant role in the lives of God's people in Judah, and and uh, two weeks ago, we talked about a man named Habakkuk. All of these names are not your typical names, but Habakkuk was a prophet we looked at two weeks ago, and Habakkuk spoke about the coming judgment of the Chaldeans, that's the Babylonians. So in history, we read about the Babylonians, major world empire uh, they were able to dominate uh, in that time, the Babylonians were able to dominate, and God brought, he, he caused the Babylonians to be, be able to rise up and bring his judgment upon his people. God was using this foreign group to bring judgment, bring a spanking almost, to his people because of their rebellion, their disobedience, their pattern of straying from God and his commands, and so we looked at that a few weeks ago, how uh, God used that foreign army, and, and we, We kind of scratch our heads, wondering why would you do that, God? I invite you to to check that out. That message is on our website. Uh, But this uh, morning, Haggai, this is written later. Okay, this is written to the same group of people, uh, Judah, after they had returned from captivity. Because with Habakkuk, he said God's bringing judgment through the Babylonians. What happened was God's people were judged and they were taken captive to Babylon, and they had to live for many, many years. In Babylon. So for decades, they're living far away from their land, far away from their uh, their life and, and everything they knew. And, um, and they're in this foreign land. Now, at this point, they're able to return back to their own land and start trying to rebuild their lives. The Persians had, had in history, the Persians had come and, and um, basically defeated the Babylonians and the Persians allowed God's people to come back to their own country. And so that's where we pick pick up in history. But Haggai, he's still bringing a strong rebuke. Uh, His his rebuke is really a graphic picture of how God gets involved whenever we ignore his priorities. If we start ignoring God, he he doesn't just uh, ignore us and ignore the situation. We ignore God he, he may respond to us ignoring him by bringing some consequences. And for us, though, it seems like God's too busy. And this might have been what those people were feeling back then. Oh, God's too busy to really get involved in, in my life directly. And so they assumed that heaven was kind of far away from earth. And we think the same thing. Heaven's pretty far away. God may be falling asleep up in heaven. And so we can kind of ignore him without much consequence. But that that's just not the case as we'll see. And since heaven it does seem so far away, we tend to focus on the more tangible things on earth. We we tend to get our lives wrapped up in work, in food and drink, in clothing, in money, you know, we get going to work and it seems like it's such a real place because it is, right? My job, your job, it's, it's a real place with real people with real deadlines, and we can get consumed with those things or or food and drink. You can get preoccupied with your very next meal, right? Some of you are thinking about lunch already. I know, I, I'm thinking about lunch. I skipped breakfast this morning, so I'm like, ah, oh, what am I going to eat for lunch? When you get really focused on tangible things like food and, and, and drink and your, your night out that you're planning and or maybe your clothes and we get wrapped up with tangible things like that that make, you know, things that maybe make us feel good or, or try to look good and we get consumed with, with all of these things. Money. Money's another tangible thing that it seems like money is the answer to all of our problems, and so it's easy to make it our goal to just acquire, acquire, acquire as much as we can so that we don't have to worry about anything in our mind. But everything tangible in our lives really are they're gifts from God for our enjoyment. We get to enjoy things in life, but when we focus on the gift and we ignore the giver, it's kind of like we are on a treadmill running as hard as we can, but we're getting nowhere. You can set the treadmill to climb. Um at incline one, two, three, and you know, the reality is you're you are you are doing a lot, but you're really not getting anywhere if if that's your life where you're just on a treadmill. You're you're running and you're speeding things up. But, you know, you're not making maybe you feel like I'm not making any real progress in life. And this is what was happening in Haggai's day. People were experiencing just confusion of priorities. And so look at Haggai chapter 1 verse 6. Let's start with verse 1 and then we'll kind of back up and and walk briefly through this book. Haggai said, he wrote this, "You, You have sown much and harvested little. Basically, you've sown or scattered much seed. There's a lot of activity in your life. You're doing all sorts of things. You're working hard, but you're making little to no progress, he says to God's people. It's like you're on a treadmill. You've sown much, but you've harvested little. He says then, you eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. Our appetites are kind of like a bottomless pit. And that's the charge he's bringing against God's people. If you try to get satisfaction from your appetites, he says, you just keep... Winding up empty. Then he says, "This you clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes." Do you ever feel like that? You ever feel like your checking account has, is like a strainer, or it's got a leak? <laughs> your checking account's got a leak. Sometimes it's fees. We get we get you know swiping, and we don't realize we're swiping more than we can can handle and then the fees get charged or or we just or maybe the fees don't get charged but you're just swiping maybe it's not like a what do you call that the uh insufficient funds and you get dinged the twenty dollars or thirty dollars maybe it's not that maybe you're just swiping or spending and writing checks and and you're thinking in your mind that's you know it's sixty seventy eighty dollars you pull up the account online and you see it's hundreds of dollars you're like Or it's the credit card, and you swipe and swipe and swipe, and you think, oh, it's not much, I'll pay the bill when it comes, and then all of a sudden the bill is just, it's $1,000, or it's more, and we're just like, wow, how did this happen? And, you know, for God's people, where Haggai's bringing his charge, he's saying, look, all sorts of activity in your life, you're making no progress. In fact, there's a huge drain that you're experiencing in your life. Now, here's a question for us to ask ourselves. Are, are we experiencing little satisfaction or minimal traction in some area, maybe resources, maybe relationships, maybe it's at work. But how, how does this look in our lives? May, and maybe the lack of progress that we're experiencing in life has a spiritual root. Maybe it has a spiritual root. Maybe there's a reason spiritually for the for the physical, tangible experience we're having. And Haggai he's, he's going to show how to identify if that's the case. It's not obvious for us to identify. The spiritual root of, of physical problems. The intersection of heaven and earth is not often obvious to us, and often we don't slow down long enough to, to discover it, to look for it. It would be helpful if, if if we could see connections regularly between the physical and the spiritual. It'd be really helpful if we were to just pray, God, I, I, what should I do with this decision? And then all of a sudden, a light shines from heaven with an answer that's glowing. Wouldn't that be helpful? God, what should I do? Should I, should I look for a new job? God, should I look for a new job? And you open your eyes, and then, you know, this shining light. Yes. <laughs> God, you know, uh, you know. God, what, what should I do with my, with my relationships? Start listening. Stop talking. You know. I mean, it would be nice if there was just a. A, a, a response and a light Or something that would indicate Or you know, maybe like you read in the Bible sometimes Where God writes you know, on the wall what, what needs to happen Or there's a, a clear, tangible response It would be so nice if, if that were to happen What should I do with this decision And all of a sudden a portal just opens up And we receive our answer from heaven Or we read the Bible, we obey it, and immediately we see the tangible outcome. The connections, though, are rarely that obvious or that instantaneous. It would be nice if it was like this. Here's a picture from a Marvel movie. Okay? If you've ever seen these Marvel superhero movies, you know, Iron Man or the Avengers or uh, Captain America, these, these different superheroes, you have these breakthrough scenes where a portal opens up from the sky. And a portal opens up and then all of these gods, these smaller gods, but these gods, powerful beings step through the portal or fly through the portal and, and these supernatural creatures or beings break through into, into our physical realm. And, and in the Avengers or these movies, you see, you see that happen. And all of a sudden, people turn and they see, wow, there's a window. There's some interaction from outside of, of our uh, dimension going on here. And if God did this with us, people would be more inclined to really connect the dots between the spiritual root and the physical kind of outcomes. We would begin to think, wow, there really is a, an important spiritual component here that I shouldn't miss. But since we so often don't make those connections between the physical and the spiritual, and we don't see the portal open up, we just, we just go on building our lives, and we're tempted to just neglect God altogether, neglect the priorities that God sets. And even for those of us who've made Jesus the boss of our lives, all sorts of competing demands kind of you know, creep in, keep us busy, keep us divided in our focus. So, think back to the prophets again for a moment. The prophets, in the days of the minor prophets, God was interacting with his people through raising up spokesmen. These are, these are God's messengers who would come... And the things that they would describe would actually occur. The things that they said is, are going to happen actually came to pass, and it would shake God's people up, up enough to cause them to take God more seriously, at least for a generation. So when Jonah preaches to the Ninevites and there's widespread repentance among the Assyrians, they, re- you know, there was repentance that actually changed and made a difference, at least for a little while. It made it made a difference for a while, and then. When Habakkuk's prophecy comes true and the you know, God's people are shipped off to Babylon, that made a difference for a little while, uh, but it wasn't lasting. God continued to use prophets in the Old Testament and it was kinda of like he's opening up a portal at that point to speak into their circumstance through these prophets. And today God is still using the message of of prophets and, and to speak into our circumstances. We can still learn from these books and we can see God interacting with us. We actually learn in the the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, that God's Word is living and it's active and He opens up a line of communication with us through His Word. we, We hear from Him. As we seek Him, He begins to connect dots in our lives. And so, it sure would be helpful if we could get this, if we would keep the spiritual root and that component fresh in our mind. Now, here's, here's Haggai's main point in this book. Mixed-up priorities are a source of real trouble. That's the heart of this book. Mixed-up priorities are a source of real trouble. Sometimes when trouble shows up, we consider the spiritual implications of the trouble, but not always. Sometimes, and in Haggai's reality, this, this was the case. He starts connecting... The dots have mixed up priorities, and he connects it to trouble that they're experiencing, and then he highlights the source of the trouble. He tells them who's causing the trouble. So let's walk through a few of these areas. Here's some of the mixed up priorities. Number one was indifference. We tend to do this too. We tend to let stuff go in important areas. We get indifferent. And that's exactly what happened in Haggai's day. Look at Haggai 1, verse 3 and 4. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet, this is what he said. Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? They're, they're allowed to come back into their land. They're no longer in a foreign land. They're allowed to return to their land. And the Lord's temple is, is in rubble. It's in ruins. God's temple, which it really isn't about the... the actual location or the building. It was about the fact that this represented God's kingdom, his presence on the earth. And, and he's saying, the temple is in ruins. And he says, is it really a time for you yourselves to dwell in your own homes and ignore the fact that my house is, has been destroyed and still lying in ruins? And they're not doing anything about it. They all head to their own homes. They start remodeling, rebuilding their lives. And Haggai saying, hey, we're ignoring something here. We're focused on our own stuff. We're not focused on God's priorities. And some people, you know, they, they, they had just a roof over their heads. But some had these paneled houses, maybe luxurious uh, living quarters. And the focus for, for many was, it's me over over God's stuff, God's kingdom. And now, I, I grew up in a church, and maybe some of you did as well, where where you had a work day. Everybody, anybody ever do a work day where you'd work at the church? couple? Just a couple. Oh, there's a few hands. You know, there's a work day, the church needed some repair. And, you know, in, in our church work days, you know, it'd be like trim the bushes, touch up the painting, clean the grounds, clean the parking lot. And, and But based on the attendance of the work days, uh, you would have thought nobody really cared. <laughs> it, it seemed like it was always the same group of people. Uh, and for the most part, it just seemed like this wasn't a huge priority in the church I grew up in. And Haggai's bringing a similar charge. He's saying, you know, hey, God's house right here is lying in rubble. Isn't it time to do something about it? And in our lives, there's all sorts of areas of indifference. We're tempted to let stuff go in, in important areas, like, like parenting. If we neglect our parenting and we don't train our kids, then there's a price. If we neglect our spiritual disciplines and we just let that go, our spiritual lives, spending time with God personally... Not just on Sundays and when there's a formal gathering that's organized for us, but if we just stop neglecting to feed on God's word, and if we if if we claim to follow Christ and we neglect that area, there's a price to be paid. Another area of, of getting mixed up that he brings is fear. fear. is the second area here. You know, for us, and you know, fear of the future, fear of sickness, fear of man, fear of failure. Fear itself can paralyze us, it can keep us frozen. It can block our progress. Keep, it can keep us stuck. Fear of missing out can cause us to overspend and can leave us broke and just empty. Um, even with this building opportunity that, that John kind of highlighted, we talked about last week, we have to avoid as a church thinking, this is the only property in the, in the world. This is the only opportunity. And if this doesn't happen, then, you know, So because if, if we give in to fear, that will drive haste. And that could cause us to miss something really important. And so we don't want to act in fear. And God's people were, were being driven by fear. Some of the leaders were being driven by fear, and we see that in the way that in chapter two, Haggai charges two of the key leaders. Look at what he says to two of the leaders in Judah. First, he speaks to the governor. He says, "Yet now be strong, O Zerubbabel." Zerubbabel is the governor there. Declares the Lord, "Be strong, O Joshua, son of that guy, the high priest." Jehozadak, the high priest, you know, there, there's he charges the governor, and then he charges the religious key religious leader, the high priest. He says, "Be strong." Haggai says, "Look, get a grip, get a firm grip. Have courage. Be strong, all you people of the land." Declares the Lord, work. He says. Get after it. He's telling God's people, he's telling the leaders, work, go after it. Be strong, for I am with you, declares the Lord of hosts, according to the covenant that I made with you when you came out of Egypt. My spirit remains in your midst. Fear not. Fear not. Be strong, people of Judah. Be strong, leaders, he's saying. I am with you. You know, we walk with the same God who is with us and who strengthens us as we turn to him. We have to keep a we gotta keep a grip. Can't give in to fear. Another way to get mixed up, Haggai brings up, is nostalgia. Nostalgia started showing up. This is a flaw that they were experiencing. And nostalgia is when we think about the good old days and how that keeps us from living in the here and now. And people in Haggai's days, they remembered you know the glory of the past, the glory of the temple, especially the majesty of that former temple before it was destroyed. Now they come back to their land and it's in ruins. And so Haggai is saying, Look Again, he, he's trying to encourage them to rebuild. But look, look at what he says in verse, chapter 2, verse 3. Who is left among you who saw this house in its former glory? How do you see it now? Is it not as nothing in your eyes? Basically, it doesn't, doesn't look very good, does it? It doesn't look good. But then he, he gives them some hope for the future. He says, the latter glory of this house shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in its place, I will give peace, declares the Lord of hosts. He's trying to stir up their vision and say, hey, Get back in the game, people of God. Because some of them were just wallowing in the past, neglecting, moving forward. And all of these mixed up priorities were spiritual issues bringing cons- physical consequences. There was a spiritual root to all that they were experiencing. Now, here's here's what... Here's what the result of their indifference, their fear, their nostalgia was bringing, is trouble. This is what what those things brought about, was trouble. They had lack of traction, lack of progress. They were on the treadmill of life, and they weren't getting anywhere. So look at the outcome they were experiencing. It says this, Haggai says, Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Consider your ways. You've sown much, you've harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. He who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes. We sometimes, you know, we miss this. Imagine all of our life doing our own thing. We don't realize there's this gaping hole in our lives. And years later, we find the holes and they show up in our finance, they show up in our relationships, in our brokenness, in our emptiness. The holes just start showing up and Haggai saying, look, the trouble is connected to the spiritual root. You've mixed up your priorities. And Haggai wanted them to know there was trouble. He wanted them to make the connection to their priorities. But even beyond that, he wanted them to be sure they understood who caused the trouble. So he clarified. Here's the source of the trouble. Look at this next set of verses. The source of the trouble is God himself. God was actually bringing physical consequences for their mixed priorities. There wasn't to be any question about where this came from or if God was really involved. Their actions or their inactivity towards God and his priorities caused God to bring trouble their way. Look at what he says. Verse 7 through 11. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. He says this phrase again. Consider your ways. Go up to the hills and bring wood and build this house. He's talking about the temple. He's saying, Get back in the game. Start rebuilding. That I may take pleasure in it it, and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. He says, You looked for much, and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away, God says. That's a frightening image. He's, He's saying... You're, you're busy in your lives. You start building your life and it's like the, the big bad wolf who blows down the houses of the little pigs. He's like, you're trying to put something together and it's, it's falling apart. Whatever you brought home, I blew it away, God said. Why? Declares the Lord of hosts. Because, because of my house that it lies in ruins while each of you busies himself with his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you have withheld the dew and the earth has withheld its produce. God says this, I have called for a drought on the land and the hills, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, on what the ground brings forth, on man and beast and all their labors. God's saying, look, make no mistake, this, you don't have to wonder what, what caused this. God's saying, I blew it away. I called the drought upon your progress. Now, if you're facing ongoing trouble, It could be that God is trying to get your attention. Haggai's advice to them, and really to us as well, is this. And we'll wrap up with this. Is to carefully align ourselves to what God is doing. Line up. Get lined up with what God is doing. Get synced up with God. He's working out His eternal plans and we play a significant role in that. He invites us and we can actually experience both the blessings and the benefits of walking with Him and keeping our priorities in order. But We also, on the flip side, can experience severe consequences if we mix our priorities. But five different times Haggai uses this statement. Consider your ways. Consider your ways. Pay attention. Sync up. Do We do well to keep our mind on a leash during the battle that we face in life, especially when the blessing of God seems delayed. We need to keep aligning our thoughts. And it could be that you're here today and God is just shouting through a megaphone of trouble in your life. And maybe as we've looked at this passage and you, you think about the trouble that is being described in the Scripture, your mind maybe goes to some specific areas of trouble that you're facing right now. And it could be that God's just saying, look, I want you to consider you're, you're in this physical World and you're experiencing real tangible outcomes or consequences, there's a spiritual root to those things. There's a reason for these things. And so, what, what is God saying to us? Is there, is there anything that God is trying to highlight in your life? Maybe an area of mixed priority. Maybe it's a fear of something. Maybe there's, your mind is trapped in the past and you're not really moving and walking with God in the present. But what is it that God is saying? Do you want to encourage our, us to just consider this as a congregation? As we consider our ways... What what is God trying to highlight in our lives? I invite the worship team to to join me up on the stage and here's a few next steps to consider. Number one is just ask God to identify the area of trouble in in life. Maybe talk to someone who can help and connect the dots of trouble and mixed priorities. And it might be that that's the need is start processing this, praying praying through this area. Is there a spiritual root, a component that's really blocking my progress in my life? Maybe first spend some time with God and then after that, take that and maybe share that with someone you trust, someone who's a little further down the road spiritually that can help you, uh, ask you questions about this area. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for Your word and and the the way that, again, we just see our own lives and our own journeys and struggles show up. As we read the Bible and as we see uh, the challenges before God's people, we experience those very same challenges. We can get very, very busy, caught up with just our lives and, and our desires and our goals. And we can neglect your priorities. And this can show up in all sorts of ways. God, I pray that if, if we have found ourselves experiencing trouble and it's connected to something spiritual in our life that we're neglecting, God, I pray that you would, you would use your megaphone to really get our attention. Help us to not just spin our wheels or to hop on a treadmill for decades and find ourselves not really, you know, being, being busy but not really getting anywhere. Thank you that you'll help us, Lord, if we if we walk with you, if we turn to you, if we repent of, of wrong and sin, if we sync up with you, God. Thank you that you bring the help that we need to make progress. God, for those that are here that are well into their journey of walking with you and... There's something you're trying to tweak and sync up, Lord. I pray you'd you'd bring the help we need to see that to make the adjustments. For those that are here that have not yet decided to follow you and make you boss, Lord, I pray you would you would use this God to uh, cause them to consider more what it would mean to walk with you and to yield their lives to you and follow you as Lord. For those that are here that are hurting, God, I pray that that they would sense um, that there's hope. God, for them, that you're not done, that you haven't abandoned them, but that you love them, you care for them, God, and you're reaching out to them. So, God, whatever it is that you're trying to say, God, we ask that you continue to do your work. Help us to be people who not just hear, but respond in faith, Lord. We ask for your help in this, in Jesus' name, amen.